Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today we have episode number 76. So today for our past guest spotlight, we wanted to talk about our friend Lizzie from The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie. And right now she's doing a lot of things that kind of revolve around the Marvel universe. Um, So right now we're following along with her 30 days of Captain America outfits, which I personally love because he's one of my favorites, probably my favorite. Um, And we've also been following along with her recently because she has been watching all of the Marvel movies that kind of lead up to the Avengers Endgame. And that's something that Brendan, in particular, is really excited for. I think it's the most excited I've ever been for a movie. We are really busy the week that it comes out. I just took on the role of being a middle school cheerleading coach. <laughs> which Joke's on you. Which is going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Um, but we have tryouts that day that it comes out and everything else. And Brendan is still taking me to the movie theater at 6 o'clock on Thursday to watch it. In my defense, if we didn't go that day, we were going to have to wait a week. And there's no way spoilers are not going to come out before then. He wasn't willing to wait until, like, Saturday, I think. Too long. That's, like, three days, but who's counting? So, anyway, Lizzie is doing a lot of really fun things right now. So, definitely go check her out at The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie. um, And just kind of keep up with everything that she's doing. Yeah. You can also hear her back in episode number 66 if you want to hear our interview with her. And, of course, we were on her podcast as well that you can find in the show notes of episode number 66. I know that's a lot. Hopefully that makes sense. She's also in Disneyland right now. I don't. Did you mention that? I didn't, but that is a fun, a fun thing to keep up with. Yeah. So if you're listening to this the day that dropped out, she's in Disneyland for, I think, two or three days. So hop over to her stories, get all that fun Disneyland content. We have FOMO, for sure. For sure. So, our episode today, we have kind of been on a roll with the product companies. I'm kind of digging it. I like talking to product companies because I think they always have really fun origin stories and kind of discussions that led into how the company got off the ground and and how they've evolved over time. So today we're talking to a really fun company called Park Hopper Supply. Melissa is the owner and runs that company. So Melissa is joining us. So thank you so much for chatting with us today. First things first, if you could introduce yourself and tell a little bit about the shop and also about you. Yeah. So I'm Melissa and I uh, run and own Park Hopper Supply. Um, We are just passing our two-year shop anniversary. And that's pretty much me. I'm a Walt Disney World pass holder and I'm live and breathe the park. So I'm all about it. And this business is now my main gig. So I'm pretty excited about it. That well, is that's exciting. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on two years and congratulations on making it your main gig. That's such an accomplishment. Yeah. It's, um, it's an adventure. <laughs> so tell us just before we get into like the Disney aspect of everything, tell us about you. Oh, so I grew up obsessed with Disney movies. Um, I think every day, so I was homeschooled every day. As soon as I was done school, I would turn on Winnie the Pooh. It was, it was like the same one though. Like they didn't have multiple episodes then they just had the one movie. So I had to drive my parents insane because that's all I watched because all the other Disney movies scared the living 
life out of me. It was terrible. <laughs> so as I continuously watched that nonstop, my mom slowly would like turn on a different Disney movie to see how I do. And I was terribly afraid of like the evil queen and Corella Deville. But um, slowly but surely she started like pushing all these movies uh, kind of into my life. And I always loved the imaginative side of it. Um, once I wasn't homeschooled anymore, I went to like a regular high school with all the regular people. And um, I started to really get into design and kind of fell in love with the Imagineer story and um, Walt Disney as a designer and animator himself and things like that. So I kind of took that into college where I got a design degree. And that was actually the first time I went to the Disney parks was right after I graduated high school. And I went on my first trip and I was obsessed. Like, um, it was just like walking in Walt's shoes almost to me. It wasn't really like the rides and things like that. It was the whole immersive world. So, um, and that pretty much like took over my life. I know that you kind of asked about like me and what I do, but basically I live and breathe Disney stuff. Like my apartment is decorated in Disney. I have this Disney business. Um, it's definitely something that's kind of like taken over. Um, but I like it. It's, it's a super positive atmosphere and movement and design world that I really like. And I like to encompass. Yeah, I love that. We talked about in a previous episode about that. It seems that a lot of Disney fans have like one movie that they watched a lot as a kid. And so that was Winnie the Pooh for you. That's so fun that, that yeah. that's the one that stuck with you. Yeah, it was Winnie the Pooh. And then I actually just found out. So like, okay, like I was a like an early 90s baby. So we had VHSs to everyone who doesn't know what that is. It's a life <laughs> box. But we I just found out that the Beauty and the Beast VHS that we had was recorded like off of the TV. Like I always thought it was just really terrible quality. And literally last summer, I finally saw the real beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Like, I, I didn't know that my VHS always, like, just cut into the story. So it was just, it's just weird things that you figure out when you get older. But I just, like, my everyday was either I watched Winnie the Pooh or Beauty and the Beast. Like, it was either or. Because for some reason, I was afraid of everything. So that was all my mom, like, I could watch without having, like, a breakdown. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think I could watch the movies, but I have all these stories that my parents would tell us about me and my sister actually going to the parks as little kids. We couldn't handle any of like the live shows. So like in anything with um, like It's a Bug's Life comes to mind, like when the part where Hopper comes out, like mm -hmm. scrying, creaming, screaming, I can't talk, screaming, crying, have to leave. Um, well, like I can't even handle show. that now at 26. So. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, the first time, yeah, the first time I did that, I, like, I loved it. I love shows like that. Like, it was amazing and immersive. But it's my favorite thing now to sit all the way in the back and watch the reaction. Like, I think that's more exciting than the actual show now is just to watch everyone's reactions. I know that's terrible because, like, kids cry and scream. But, like, the actual adults actually get, like, afraid, too. <laughs> and it's. I love watching it's the best. Oh, we'll have yeah. to do that. Maybe that'll get you to actually go in the theater now. You can just people watch. Yeah, I always try to like sit on the very edge of my seat when I know that the the pointy <laughs> things are coming. So <laughs> I love it. I took my boyfriend to Disneyland this past January and that was his first Disney 
anything. Like, he really didn't watch the movies. I'm surprised it didn't scare him away, taking him there um, and showing him this whole lifestyle thing. But he, that was, like, his absolute favorite. That was the first thing we did was Bug's Life. And he was like, that's my favorite thing. And I was like, out of everything there that was your favorite? He's like, yeah, because I was afraid at Disneyland. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it was it was good. He did say that Snow White's Scary Adventure was, like, a close second. But that ride is terrifying. That is terrifying. I'm surprised. I mean, I get that it's an original and it's still there. But, like, whew, that's scary. <laughs> they got rid yeah. of it in Disney World for a reason. <laughs> right. And I, like, I... I really like it. It is, however, really terrifying. Like, I don't, it, it's scary. And then, like, I hear people talk about um, what used to be Stitch, like the alien encounter. Mm-hmm. And they all say that was, like, the same. I, I didn't do that. That wasn't around when I started going. But they all say that that was, like, absolutely terrifying. Yep. The it one was. in Disney World? Yep. Yeah, that was, I don't remember it being terrifying. I just remember, like, feeling, like, I was going to suffocate. But like, you trapped. never went on Alien Encounter. You went on Stitch, right? Stitch, yeah. Well, Alien Encounter was Stitch times 10 in the terrifying aspect. Oh, yeah. I never did that. <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have lasted. Well, you're bolted down. And that's why they said that was like the worst part of that ride because people couldn't get up and like take their kids out. You were basically just like held in this fear factor alien situation. Oh. So that's why it didn't last very long. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, we have uh, quickly digressed, but that's the best thing about (laughs) Disney. There's so many different things to talk about. But talking about Park Hopper Supply, Mm -hmm. of course, you guys have so many different offerings from apparel to accessories, decals, prints. And really, whenever I look at your shop and and read, you know, what you put out there about it, that design is the backbone of everything. And you mentioned that that's what your degree is in and that's what your background and passion is in. But can you take us kind of through the origin of Park Hopper Supply and how it came to be? I know you guys went through a name change as well. So kind of how did that kind of all develop into now being in business for two years? Right. So um, I started out, my ex-husband and I started the business and um, we were at the Disney parks and it was my first trip there. And I am so like... I use the term like been there, done that, got the t-shirt and everywhere I go, I get a t-shirt. And so I was going through the shirts there and I, uh, back then I was much skinnier, but I was going through the shirts and I was like, these are all cut so weird. Like the sleeves were these, these like cap sleeves and the shirts were just cut in like a straight hourglass. Like, and when I put them on, they just looked weird. And then I couldn't find one that I liked. And I was like, whatever, I don't need to buy a t-shirt. I'm just going to like make one or something. And so I didn't for three or four years. Um, And then one day I was sitting and I do like social media marketing. That's what I did really before this for a bunch of different companies. And I did like graphic design and website design, those kind of things. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. And there was a massive snowstorm. Um, like I was stuck in my house for about a week and a half. I live in Maryland and, um, I really just like sat down and built the shop and built the designs. I was like, whatever, I want these shirts. So if worse comes to worse, I'm going to have five really cool shirts. And so I put them online and, uh, that's kind of like how it all like was like birthed. I guess I had no idea what I was doing at all. 
Um, I knew how to make the designs. I knew how to get them printed. And I knew if I throw them on Etsy, somebody might buy them. Um, and that's really, that was really the starting point of it all. Yeah, I love that you just kind of went for it just on a whim. Like you just ha- you saw the opportunity and you took it. And I think that's great. Yeah, it was kind of a weird journey because it was something that I continuously said. Like right after I went on my first trip, three months later, I became a pass holder and we frequently went down there and I never bought any souvenirs. And it was funny because I'd always come back and people would be like, oh, I don't know how you afford to do that. And then once you buy all the food and souvenirs, I was like, oh, well, I've, I've never bought a souvenir. Like I come home with buttons and that's it. I've never bought something from the parks and took it home. And they, and people had mentioned like, why? And I said the things like, I can't find any t-shirts that I like. Uh, the jackets were never something I really wanted or liked or whatnot. And um, the only thing I would do is buy food there. So I always made the joke like, oh, no, I'll just make my own shirts one day. And then I think that's right around the time that like Main Street Press caught my attention. Um, they were like my first like, um, I don't know, I guess mentor. I really like them. I like their personalities. And so I kind of just more followed their story than followed their design. And basically right during that snowstorm, um, they were talking about um, the trials that they face in their business. And basically I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to make the designs. I'm going to throw them online and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think something else that really stands out to me is like when you were talking about the fit of t-shirts, mm-hmm. that can be so frustrating. And I like when Brendan tries to buy me something, it usually never works out because it's always super weird. So I can totally get that. Like if it's a weird cut or I hate like women's cuts of shirts because I always feel like it's like a baby gap shirt. Like it's just tight and it's uncomfortable. So I totally relate to everything that you're saying. Right. And I always found it really frustrating shopping like anywhere. And I feel like the size of like men's and women's is so weird. And that was the one. So everything in my shop is unisex sized. Um, I I hate like not to be like all gender neutral and things like that, but I really don't like those terms mainly because I shouldn't have to wear something super tight and form fitting and men shouldn't have to wear something huge and baggy. Like you can have a middle ground for that. And so literally everything in my shop you'll find is, is unisex, except I have new rain jackets and they're men's and the sizing's a little bit different. So everybody's like, I don't know what to order, but <laughs> um, that was like one of my big things. Cause my sizing sits right in between both men's and women's. Like it's, it's a little bit of a slimmer cut of a men's shirt, but it's comfy and it's something that you want to wear. And that was something that I definitely wanted. I wanted people that if they liked my design, I wanted them to like wearing the shirt that the design was on. Mm-hmm. And I love that Britt and Leo at Main Street Press were, like you said, sort of a mentor to you. And I think that is something that's so unique to the Disney community that there's different avenues, of course, that you can go down in in content or products and there's always someone who's paved the road, you know, before you or they've gone down a similar path. And it just seems like the Disney community is exceptionally open to giving you feedback or sharing their experiences or trying to make things a little bit easier for the people that come behind them because the competition is not as fierce, that everybody's kind of in it together. The collaboration efforts are so healthy and and alive. Right. I think that's my favorite thing is that when small businesses put community over competition, um, 
because most of us are doing this alone. Like we're running the business alone. We're doing stuff ourselves. And I think that that's kind of like already like fearful in itself. So when you start to like get together with people that are doing the same thing as you, if you stop looking at them as competition and start looking at them as more of a community, it's just more, it's beneficial all around and it's more enjoyable. And I think that's the, that's the most important part. Mm -hmm. For sure. So with your design background, I want to learn a little bit about what does that design process look like? Like where do you gain inspiration and how does that look from, you know, those first early sketches or ideas to putting that design on a piece of apparel or or whatever it might be and and shipping it out the door? Right. So it started out like I started out with those five designs and it was five things that I wanted. Um, So I knew, you know, if they were made and I was the only one who got them, at least I got what I wanted. Um, And then I feel like there was that, you know, when you do, when you make a decision and then you start to look what all the other decisions other people are making and you're kind of like, oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that. That's kind of where I started to go wrong really quick and early in the beginning. Um, I started to make things more of what I thought would sell as opposed to things that I liked or thought other people would like. And so that was definitely a learning experience because I put a lot of work into things that um, wasn't really, you know, just things that people weren't really interested in. So then I kind of took it like back to the basics and I started writing lists of things that didn't already exist. Um, like for example, up until I made a dinosaur ride shirt, no one had one and dinosaurs like my favorite thing. Um, so that's kind of how I go through it. I make a list of things that either don't exist or like a phrase I like or an idea that I like. And I throw it in this like idea board that I have. And then when I'm feeling like, I don't know, creative, I sit down and I kind of put together these designs and sometimes they don't go anywhere. Like I put them together and I'm like, oh, that's a terrible idea. That didn't work out at all. And then sometimes I'll build something and then I'll kind of just let it sit and I'll keep building and building until it's something I really like. And then sometimes I'll sit down and within five minutes I have a whole thing done, ready, and it's complete and I love it. So it all depends. I feel like in the beginning I really tried to force a lot of design and that's just something that you can't really do. So it was definitely a learning experience, but uh, now it's kind of like a process of, I think of ideas, I write them down, and then when I'm in a headspace that's really good for designing, that's when I sit down and actually design sometimes multiple things at once, and then sometimes just one thing at a time. I love that. I love that whole process. And I like, I think it's so healthy and refreshing and, and helpful for our listeners as well to admit that maybe you went down some wrong paths or had some wrong mindsets at the beginning of it. Um, because I think that's something that people can learn from. And obviously you were able to learn from it and grow and, and keep the business open for so long. Um, so that's wonderful that, that you're able to reach that realization of what was going to work for you. And now you've stuck with that for so long. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I guess before we, Brendan's like pointing to a question he wants me to ask, but something that I'm interested in is just with all your designs, and I know this is a very tricky question, but is there like one design that you have that stands out over everything else as like your favorite? Um, I'd say, I'd say I have like three and they're for totally different reasons. Um, my first design that ever came out of the shop was our wishes shirt. 
Um, there wasn't at the time a Wishes shirt. This was before it disappeared, anything like that. Um, that was my first design and the one I had in my head forever and one that I wanted. Um, my first trip, I was totally encompassed by the show. I loved it. So I would say that one, and that was kind of like the staple. Like when I first started meeting people, they knew me from that shirt, which was like mind-blowing to me. But um, I would say that one. I would say my first dinosaur shirt because that was something that I worked <laughs> days on end, m- months even, on that shirt. And it's like the Rover, and it's, it's you know, kind of played off of like a Halsey song. But um, that one's definitely my favorite. And then the Sunny Eclipse shirt, not many people, that's not many people's like favorite thing, but I absolutely love the reaction I get to that shirt. So I guess I love them all for different things. One was, you know, kind of the one that started it all. And then the dinosaur shirt was just kind of one that's like a full labor of love. And then the Sunny Eclipse one is just one that people are like, wow, that that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. We're like scrolling through everything right now, and I just freaked out a little over the fact that you have Princess Diaries shirts because what? I love that. That's so, like got to be one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, no, that was hands down. Like that, those movies got me through middle school. Like, <laughs> like that gets you through your like ugly duckling stage so well. So, because you know it's all like heart warming and like it's all that matters is what's in the inside and so not shooting that down because that is all that matters but um, (laughs) (laughs) that was like my absolute favorite and then I I I did I was determined that at at that time right when like the wishes shirt started to be really popular was what when right when wishes said like or they didn't say it sorry Right when that started to be popular, that's right when Wishes was announced to end. And then right when I announced, like, the Princess Diaries line coming out, that's when Anne Hathaway said uh, Princess Diaries 3 is coming. So I'm slightly afraid to, like, make things about stuff that I love because it's either, like, going to go away or come back. Like, people, like, make the joke or something because it's literally, like, the day that the first Princess Diaries shirt was released, um... Anne Hathaway was like in an interview that evening saying that she just got a script for Princess Diaries 3. So a couple of like my models were like, wait a second, like <laughs> that's, you knew something was happening. I was like, no, I promise I didn't. So anyway, it's just. I'll take it. I'm hyped for that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not s- kidding. I love, I love that movie. We need to pick some like different franchises that we want more movies from yeah. and have Melissa make a design because that's what. <laughs> That's what moves it along. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, and then, so I had made, remember I said I had made things that, like, uh, never made it? I made a Spider-Man shirt literally, like, two days before the, what is that, like, the first Endgame or the first Avengers or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the whole, like, I don't feel good, Mr. Stark, like, he floats away into the dust. And my boyfriend was like, you can't come out with that shirt. Like, this is, this is, it's happening. Like, what you said is happening. So, I didn't like the shirt anyway. It wasn't very good. But um, I'm just like, everything I come out with, I make it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if something's going to happen with this. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. So, talking about kind of how to gain exposure for your business. And you mentioned that you have a social media marketing uh, background and experience as well. Do you have any lessons or guidance to anybody out there who's trying to leverage social media to help 
they either their blog or their store gain exposure? Right. So I think in any situation when you're trying to gain exposure, you have to decide why you're gaining exposure. Because if you're just getting exposure to be exposed, you're not you're not getting anything from that. So I think that the more clear goal you need to have is like, I need to sell more product or I want to get more product out there or I want more people to read my blog. Um, and I think it's just making like a clear goal. Like if you're just trying to get followers for the sake of having followers, you can do that really easily and you can buy millions of followers. Like it's really not hard. Um, but what you really should be looking for is like engagement and actual relationships and things like that out of your social media and your advertising like venues. Um, when I first started, Instagram was very different. It was not owned by Facebook. It had a very different algorithm. And in the course of two months, I gained about five to 6,000 followers. And then Instagram had a huge algorithm shift. And like right now, I think I have like 20,000 followers on Instagram. However, in that time that I grew really quickly, really fast, I didn't have that many sales from that number as I have sales from now. So just because someone has a lot of followers or has a little bit of followers means nothing on their sale base. Because especially if someone is on Etsy or something like that, they could be getting advertising streams from from just Etsy or like if they had a product that a blogger tried and liked it and blogged about it, they could be getting sales from that. So I think that like judging your business based on somebody's followers is like insane. Like I personally know a shop that they have 3000 followers and some people will be like, Oh, well you have 20,000 and they only have 3000, but that shop has done probably 15 times the business that my shop has done. And it has nothing to do with your follower counts. It really just has to do with your engagement. So if you're trying to build engagement, it's really easy. You just need to engage with the audience that you have and organically you'll grow from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I mean, I think something that people, like you said, can really easily get caught up in is just like numbers and like what their perception might be like, oh, you have more followers so you must be more successful. Um, and I think growing it slowly and being mindful about what you're putting out there and building those relationships, like you said, I think that's a much better way to approach like growth with your business because that's the most important part, you know, not mm -hmm. followers. Mm -hmm. And I think right. what you said about having that goal in mind is so valuable um, because we got caught up in that when we first launched the podcast back in August and we got caught up in the following game and, you know, trying to just rapidly grow and thought, you know, of course you always have the mindset of, oh, we're just going to catch fire and, you know, people are going to love us immediately off the bat. Um, and I think Catherine, you had to remind me once that like, we're not an Instagram account. We're a podcast. An Instagram account is the tool that we use to try to get more people to the podcast. So I think that is exactly right, that you have to have a clear goal in mind of what you're trying to do, not just racking up the numbers. Absolutely. I think that's kind of that. I feel like that goal could be like used in your whole life, actually. But mm -hmm. just in like a business sense, like if your goal is to like make money, then first of all, you probably shouldn't have a small business. But <laughs> if your goal is it, like it, it all depends. I feel like a lot of people just have 
I guess, empty, empty ended goals when they start businesses or things like that. Like your goal shouldn't necessarily be to make money. It should be, you know, like I want to make these really cool things. I want to meet really cool people. I want to grow a really cool community and that kind of thing, because I feel like that those kind of goals reap better rewards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So a question that we have asked some of our past product companies, and I'm interested to hear it from you. Has there been an instance where you've been in the parks and you've seen a complete stranger wearing one of your designs? And if the answer is no, then, and you can answer both of these if you want, but what is it like to be on a platform like Instagram and have people tag you that are completely random that went online, bought your stuff, and then you see them enjoying them in the park? So, first of all, I've I've seen two of my items in the wild. I've had a wow. okay <laughs> amount of sales. I've only seen two of my items in the wild. That wasn't like I've ran into friends of mine in the parks and they just happened to be wearing my stuff, which for one, like it's really cool to have like to see a stranger wear your stuff, but like if you have a small shop friend, like buy from their shop. Like nothing is more like I, I don't know, like not like to be a better friend, but nothing like feels better than like your friends supporting you. I don't know. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, I've only seen them in the wild twice and two have a real, like both of them have a really cool story. So the first time is the day that wishes was announced to end. Um, I was in the parks. I had a really big, um, influencer announce like my product and it kind of just like was on fire that day. Um, this is not like my normal sales. I still to this day have not made that many sales in a day, um, ever, but it was just kind of like a big thing. But I remember I was at the parks, I got on space mountain and you don't have any cell service in space mountain. And by the time that I was off the ride, I had like 30 orders in just the time of being in the space mountain, like ride and line and everything, which was like a lot at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and as I got off the ride, there was someone wearing my shirt, like the wishes shirt. And it was just like, it kind of like went full circle and it was really cool. And I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to be like that person be like, Hey, that's my shirt. But this girl came up to me and was like, um, I can't find any shirts that fit because nobody has anything in sizes higher than three XL. And you're the only shop that has them. And I just love it that you're inclusive. And she went on this whole thing. And then that's basically like, she had happened to message me and ask me if she can get a shirt in a larger size. And I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And she's like, you're kidding. Like nobody does this. And so that's when I was like, okay, I need to be inclusive with sizes. Like I need to have extra smalls. I need to have five XLs. Like I need to, I need to grow it in this sense. So like that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then another time I was at the like outlets, like right by, um, you know, where like the discount Disney store, like the character warehouses. Yep. Um, right by the violent outlets. So I was there and, um, there was someone who didn't speak English. Um, I, to this day, I like, I have no idea if it was Chinese or Japanese or what, but this like boy came up to me and was like, held out a shirt and pointed at me and it was my shirt. And so like, and he started talking, I had no idea what he was saying. Um, but then he basically said like, thank you. I love it. And like kept going on his way. And it was just really neat because like in that sense, like someone who doesn't even speak my language found my product. Um, And at that time, I actually found out who it was because I had only shipped one order to Hong Kong. So um, 
I kind of just assumed it was him, but it was just, it was cool. It was nice and full circle. That is so awesome. I know. And like, what are the odds that you would ship a shirt to Hong Kong and then like meet that person? Right. Like that's that, so cool. That was insane. Like absolutely insane to me. Um, but like, and also like back to what you're saying, like people meeting me or people knowing me, like every person that tags me in a photo, like, and not, don't take this as creepy in any way. But when somebody tags me in a photo on Instagram, like I immediately, like, I like their photo and then I go and like, see what kind of life they live. I don't know because like, I don't like that does sound kind of, I don't know, a little bit stalker ish. Um, but I love seeing these people and like seeing what they're doing with these clothes and like seeing what kind of lives they live or whatnot. I don't know. It's just interesting that like somebody found me. So I kind of feel like I need to find them. I don't, no, I don't actually go and find them. That's weird. <laughs> I get that though. But you get what I'm saying. Like, and every time, like, and I've had people send me photos and they were like, oh, I didn't want to tag you because I didn't think you'd like the photo and it doesn't really go with your feed. And I was like, I don't really care. I'm probably going to share it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I get a ton of people who are like, oh, this isn't a really good photo. So you probably won't use it. But I just wanted to show you that, like, my kid likes this shirt or I, I wore this here or there. Um, and I like, I don't care. Like I could care less what you look like and who you are. Like if you are part of this, then like I'm part of it with you. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. That's such a great mindset. And I feel the exact same way. Like, of course we're still growing, but anytime someone like puts a screenshot up of them listening to the podcast or whatever, that's the first thing I do is like, all right, can I figure out, are they listening to it on their commute? Are they listening to it (laughs) while they're crafting at home? Like, You've got to learn as much as you possibly can on that, about that stuff. I found it insane, not to get like a super personal story, but I got food poisoning in Epcot and I was in the bathroom like sick as anything, but I had put up a story about these shoes that I had that I don't know, like someone got them for me as a gift. I have no idea where they got them from, but somebody saw my shoes under a stall door and went and like got me like bottles of water and was like, Melissa, I'm here if you need this. Like, and that was the thing that like, I was like, this is the community that like, I want to be part of. Like it was anyway, it's kind of a gross story, but it's also like sweet in the long run. But <laughs> that is, I think it's a sweet story. Spice for the table, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So one last thing. I wanted to hit on it and then we'll go into the fast pass round is we've talked about collaboration a little bit already. So I know you have a really fun event that you're participating in at the end of April called the kingdom classic. So to our listeners, if you can just kind of share what that event is and kind of what that whole movement is about. Yeah. So before I jump into kingdom classic, I want to kind of throw something in of why I'm doing the kingdom classic Um, last summer, I'm sure you all know Sarah, who is the face behind Dressed in Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, she had a show and she does like a fashion show and I went, didn't make a lot of sales, but I met really amazing people and shop owners and buyers and things like that. And that community was really neat. And that's exactly what I was saying before about community over competition. And I had kind of like seen Kingdom Classic from afar. Um, The Lost Bros do this show every year. Um, This will be their third. They kind of um, 
they kind of monopolize the market of like they do like Disney esque music and and shows and pop ups and and food events and things like that. And they really kind of encompass this entire lifestyle. So I've seen the Kingdom Classic from afar for two years straight. And I knew that if I didn't sign up to do it this year, I would really regret it. So the Kingdom Classic event kind of works that they'll pick a hotel or music venue and uh, people arrive and there's a bunch of different small shops there selling. So it's already like this bazaar of like selling um, different like Disney related merch or things like that. So there that goes on. And then they have music that the Lost Bros actually um, Cody from the Lost Bros does like kind of I'd say like punk Disney music mm-hmm. um, and that goes on at the end of the night but then they put these really neat events throughout the event I don't I don't know if that's making sense exactly but they kind of have this lineup of really cool like Instagram influencers or uh, this time we're getting this guy from Jelly Rolls Piano Bar and um, someone's doing stand-up it's just it's really neat and it's all these people kind of coming together to have this like super fun like grown-up kid event mm-hmm. yeah it sounds awesome i'm sad that we can't make it to it but we hope that you have a lot of success and and meet a lot of people i know anybody who goes to that event will have a blast it sounds like an awesome time yeah it's the last weekend in april uh it's in orlando and i don't know i feel like that everybody watching it from afar is going to have like serious FOMO. So if you get the chance to get tickets, you should go uh, just to meet people and have fun. Like it's really not about like the buying and selling. It's really just about like meeting these people and creating relationships and like having this, I don't know, building the community a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. There will be lots, not lots, but quite a few past Detour to Neverland guests there as well. So definitely go hit up I know Walt's Wardrobe will be there, 100 Acre Hood, of course you at Park Hopper Supply. I think there's a few more that we're missing out on, but so awesome to see so much success between all all of you different product companies. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. I talk with a lot of the people who are going to be there, but I've some of them I've never met personally, so this is really cool. I'm I'm going to get to meet them. I'm going to get to meet a lot of like I have a lot of reps that I don't ever get to meet. I send them product or they take pictures from afar or whatnot. So it's just nice. It's it's going to be really cool to meet everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for sharing the information about that. We will put links in our show notes for anybody who's wanting to check out that event as well at the end of April. And again, I thank you so much for sharing the information about Park Hopper, Park Hopper Supply and the origin story of that. I think that's so interesting and useful for our listeners. But the next thing that we'll jump into is our fast pass round. So we'll just throw out these Disney topics. And if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, um, then so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Oh, so I've been to all six Disney World Parks and both Disneyland Parks. So the six being, I've been to both water parks too mm-hmm. in Orlando. And then that is it. <laughs> <laughs> so out of those, which one is your favorite and why? Oh, I don't like this game. <laughs> um, I really love Disneyland for that old, like it has a magic that no parks in Disney World have. Although it's smaller and I guess you could say like has less, 
I actually think it has more, but whatever. Probably Disneyland. We can agree with that. We have so much more respect for Disneyland now that we went. So next one would be a Disney bucket list trip for you. Oh, do I have to do it at a certain park? Like things I want to do at a park? No, not necessarily. Just anything Disney related, whether it's a international park or just any kind of thing that's on your bucket list. Oh, oh, like I seriously want to go to all the parks. But if I had a bunch of money, I would do all the parks in one day. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? So like going to, you know, like flying and doing them all, not just like all the Disney World parks, but like all the Disney parks that exist. Someone's done it. A couple of people have. Yeah. I don't know how you do it and live the next day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I hibernate afterwards. Oh. Somebody, so like, you know, the Powerball just happened and somebody asked what you would do. And I literally told the person at the checkout counter, I was like, oh, I'd go to all the Disney parks. <laughs> and they were like, oh, the guy behind me said he'd like buy a Ferrari or something. But anyway, I my answer was better. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. So the next one would be your favorite Disney resort. Oh, this game is not fun. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say the beach club. It's like a quick walk to like studios and the boardwalk and Epcot. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. The pool's really cool, but the having ice cream like at your disposal at beaches and cream is probably the best part. Like it's really just the ice cream. I'm sure you can get ice cream at every park. I mean, at every resort, but not that ice cream. That is true. Yeah. I'm a big fan of ice cream, and I've never stayed there, but I would probably have to make that my favorite if we did. It's so it's so expensive. Like, if you can justify <laughs> it or, like, find a deal or, like, rent DVC or something, like, 100% do it, but it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. So next one would be a little bit of strategy goes into this. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, um... Well, probably dinosaur. I can... Yeah, definitely dinosaur. That's a good answer. So that's your favorite ride, correct? Yes. I don't know if we've ever had anyone say dinosaur before. We have not. So now that you, since you've been to Disneyland, mm-hmm. do you think it's fair to compare dinosaur and Indiana Jones? So... You ride in the same car, mm-hmm. and and that's about the only similarities. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite ride at Disneyland is Indiana Jones. So maybe, or is that actually an, oh, that's such a whirlwind, those two parks. Because then you can walk in between them, so I never know which one's. Yeah, it's definitely a Disneyland, right? Yeah, because yep. it's right by Pirates. Correct. Well, that's my favorite ride there, unless Haunted Mansion Holiday is going on. Ooh, now you're speaking our language. Yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, the Haunted Mansion is definitely, like, my second favorite ride, and then probably the People Mover and, like, Living with the Land. But Dinosaur is just really cool. It has a lot of, like, weird little facts and tidbits about it that's really cool. And Dinosaur was my favorite movie because it didn't scare me as a kid. Like, once I got older, like, after Beauty and the Beast was overplayed, we found Dinosaur. Mm. So, I think that definitely has something to do with it. 
Absolutely. Good choice. Have so, you guys have seen Dinosaur, right? I have. I know I have. I just don't remember it. Catherine. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I wish we could find it somewhere and I would watch it in a heartbeat. I just don't even oh, know how you find it anymore. That's I, I got mine from like a used DVD off Amazon. It was $3. Oh, wow. We should look yeah. into that. When Disney Plus yeah, like, comes out, I'm sure it'll be on there. I am so... I don't know how I feel about Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I just like the opportunity that I can go back and watch some of those more obscure ones. Like, if Fox and the Hound is in there, I'm going to watch it like 10 days straight. Because I haven't if, seen that in forever. I've decided that if one movie is on there, the first one I'm going to watch is going to be Song of the South. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my god. I gosh. doubt it's on there, though. I know. That's, yeah. Like, I, yeah. That's just, like, I love it. That's, like, what all the memes are. Like, let's make Disney Plus. Let's put Song of the South. And they, like, kick them out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I mainly I feel like I'm just salty because I've invested in buying, like, all the Disney DVDs. So now I'm, like, Great, I could have just paid three ninety nine a month and then like gotten it. But Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but there's something special about having that DVD and like putting it in the machine. It's really a commitment to watching it. Well the worst thing is is that I have the digital copy of most of my movies, so I don't even put them in anymore. Like I just uh, load the like movies anywhere app and I just turn that on. It makes me seem really lazy, but like <laughs> I don't I don't know. And I love it. Like, it's smart having the digital copy thing because you can, like, watch it on an airplane or, like, when you're babysitting. Don't, I don't do it when I'm babysitting, but sometimes when I'm babysitting, I do. And you just turn it on and be like, here, Wreck-It Ralph. Like, I don't know. It's I don't know. convenient. I don't, yeah. I just – well, the other thing I was talking about with some other, like, Disney businessy people is that, like, if they come out with Disney+, Plus, they're most likely going to have to get rid of, like, Disney Movie Rewards and Disney Movie Club. Because, for one, they'll be competing, but they will lose the business. Yeah. Since like, streaming services are, like, the way to go. Yeah, to, like, cannibalize it, for sure. Right. Exactly. That's a good term. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that term before. Come on, Catherine. Read a book. Oh, my goodness. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, our next question is probably our favorite. It's, what is... Oh, sorry, I skipped one. Dang it. <laughs> okay, back it up. Which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the park? Oh, well, they finally got rid of Stitch. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that one anymore. But it's going to be the Country Bears. It's it's, it's come up before on the show. <laughs> something, isn't it? But <laughs> I could agree with that. Since we're from Tennessee, we can agree with that. It is highly offensive. <laughs> But I'm sure people are going to tune out if we go on another Country Bear Jamboree rant. Rant. Yeah. I don't know. I, now I feel like I have to do it because you're saying it's offensive. I did it <laughs> once and like walked out and I was like, this is terrible. Like, have you been to Universal? Yes. 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 It's been a while. Okay. So then you haven't done the Fast and the Furious ride. No. no. But we've heard. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I took I took my boyfriend to Universal. Um, Alia... Um, Vershawn is like one of the like 
nicest people you will ever meet in the world. You have to find her on Instagram if you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, she's amazing. Her boyfriend's really cool. She gifted us with sending us to Universal. She's a rep of mine. Totally encompasses everything the Disney community should encompass. So my boyfriend was super excited. He wanted to go to Universal. We couldn't really afford it. And then she surprised us with these tickets. It was great. So we went there. We did all the rides. And I was like, I haven't done Fast and the Furious. We should go do it. So we get on it. And literally as we got off. Now, my boyfriend's not really like outspoken. Well, maybe he is. But not to other people. To me, he's very outspoken. But there was people getting in line. And he literally walked up to a family. He was like, don't get in that line. You'll literally waste the next 30 minutes of your life. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, Brian, you can't say that. But I guess he did. So, But it was just like it felt like a complete waste. And that's how I felt walking out of Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've got to do Fast and Furious now just to like know how bad it oh, is. I mean, we've got to do it. You have to just to experience <laughs> it i guess i just i don't understand. and i don't know if the workers of the ride like try and like play into the satire that it's that terrible or they just i hope nobody listens to this that is a worker of that ride but maybe <laughs> hopefully they do it then they could share if they're playing into the satire that it's so bad or they just really hate working that ride because i think that definitely like plays into it but I'm really not like I honestly don't know if they're playing into how terrible like the recordings are and like making those like universal jokes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the like the horror and picture show or the horror makeup show that they do, and then they kind of play into how terrible the video recordings are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing the same thing or they're just like, please make this ride end. I don't know. They're <laughs> nice, definitely nice to you, but I just don't know. I don't know. If anyone's listening, they should answer that. Yeah. <laughs> That would be interesting to hear the answer to that. I don't know. Right. So next one, Catherine is always trying to get to this question because it is her favorite question. <laughs> Your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Oh, okay. So I'd I go to Disney to eat. I kind of just figured that out recently. Um, and hands down, you have to like dark chocolate and you have to like pineapples, but... They have these huge pineapple wedges at the confectionery, confectionery, can, yes. Can you say that word? What is that word? Confectionery, yep. I think you there, got it. Okay. They, and they have it at um, California Adventure, too. They have it at both. And I think they have it in Animal Kingdom in Africa, but it's a dark chocolate-covered pineapple skewer. And, like, when you bite into it, like, it just, like, pours out pineapple juice, and it's amazing, and it's like it's the best thing mm, that does sound good it's really really good if you haven't had it you need to have it i could get behind that yeah it's worth a try we've never had that obviously so yeah, oh sorry oh no you're okay <laughs> so the next one sticks with food but what is your favorite table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant oh so favorite quick service is 100 percent cosmic rays but at dinner, when you can get like that whole chicken, basically, like you get, I'm pretty sure it's an entire chicken that you get with like green beans and mashed potatoes. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then table service. I don't know. Um, like Boma is not technically table service. It's like, um, like a buffet. Yeah, I think it counts. I yeah, so I would say that, and I've done breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. 
Ooh, so we've only done dinner. Yeah, breakfast is cool, mainly because, well, okay, if we have to go back to when it existed, the best food and, like, bang for your buck was um, at the beach club, or it's the yacht club, they used to have this, like, breakfast buffet there, and it was held in, like, what used to be called, like, the captain's grill for dinner. It was Captain's Girl, but just for breakfast. They don't do it anymore. They probably discontinued about like a year and a half ago. But it was $12 a person, and it was all you can eat. Wow. Which is like, if you do it right, and you went at like 9, you could definitely have breakfast and lunch, and like breakfast and lunch all in one seating mm. for $12. That's probably why they got rid of it. Like, I know. That's such a bargain, especially for Disney. Right, and then sometimes they have, like, this character breakfast, like, on the other side of the hall, and sometimes the characters would walk through and just, like, say, hey. Man. It really makes it worth it, but then they just stop doing it. I'm sad we missed that. Yeah, that would be fun. It, like, was absolutely amazing. So, speaking of characters, our next question is your favorite character meet-and-greet moment. Oh, so... One time I met Ariel and she was a little under the weather and she continuously sneezed like, (laughs) like, like not, it would not stop. And like, she apologized. But the thing is though, is that in between each sneeze, like she just made these jokes, like Ariel was extra funny that day. And she would just like make these jokes about like treading on water or like uh, choking on bubbles or like, just like, she was just so quick on her feet. That she definitely, like, Ariel should be getting some extra shells in her paycheck. <laughs> it was, um, she, she was good. She definitely played it off. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. I've met really cool characters. In Disneyland, I met, I, I was about to say I met Johnny Depp. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I met Jack Sparrow. And he was great, quick on his feet, super fun. Like, and they just walk around there. So he like continuously followed me and it, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. So like I've done things like that, but just Ariel on this one special day was just, she was good. But yeah. So the next one, I think we already know the answer to this question, but what is your favorite Disney movie? Oh, um, oh, probably Saving Mr. Banks. Ooh. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. That's a good one. It's really like there's something about that movie. Like you turn it on and like the first like little intro comes on and it's like tears. Like <laughs> it's I just I really love it. And that movie came out at a like an important time in my life. And it was just like, I don't know. That's probably why I think everybody has their favorite movie because, you know, it related to them in a certain way, which I just I really loved it. Certainly. That's a good one. That's a great choice. Next one would be your favorite Disney song. Oh, do you know the music that went with Celebrate the Magic? Mm, I think so, but I am i can't pinpoint it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to sing it because I wasn't <laughs> in that department. But if you watch like celebrate the magic on like YouTube. It has like an amazing like song and background and it's great. I guess it's not really a real Disney song. Oh well, yeah. Counts. I think it counts for sure. It is. Yeah. If not, it's probably, I go, I can go the distance from Hercules. Oh yeah. That is a good like pump up song. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. 
So the next one would be your favorite Disney quote. Oh, so I have I Can Go the Distance um, tattooed on me. <laughs> um, so I would say that most likely. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Our last question of the Fast Pass round would be your favorite Disney Parks memory. I know that's a doozy of a question. Uh, um, hmm. This one time I was stuck on the monorail for like two hours because it broke down. Ooh. And we, this woman had cards in her pocket. She hands down was the best mom in the world. Um, <laughs> And it, and I was so lucky because I like, and not, hopefully this doesn't come across as snobby, but I don't have kids. I have nieces and nephews and like, I love kids. Um, I go to Disney all the time. You have to kind of like kids to go there. Um, but in the car in front of us, you could just hear these kids like crying and screaming and the car behind us, you could hear them crying and screaming. But in our car, it was just me. I was on like a solo trip. And this one family. And so she divvied out cards and we played the weirdest card game in the world, but we played it for like two hours straight and it was amazing. And it was just these, this random family I met at, at Disney and they were super nice and friendly and Miss Patty treated us really well. <laughs> she had drinks, but she only let us drink so much because she didn't want the kids to have to go to the bathroom. And like, but it was so hot that like, I don't even think that you could like you were just like you were just out sweating all of the like liquid in your body. So, but it was it was super fun, and it sounds like a lame memory, but that was. Or I don't know. I did a monorail photo shoot once with one of my friends, and that was really cool. Mm. But yeah, I feel like I really like the monorail. Yeah, lots of monorail memories. Right. <laughs> I think that's a good example of taking a bad situation and making it good because. Two hours in a monorail when you're sweating like that, I can imagine I would probably not be a very happy camper. <laughs> right. We were really lucky because it was right after the Magic Kingdom station. Later that day, people got stuck again and they had to like bring this ladder thing up and like take them off by the ladder. Mm. We were really lucky because they manually pulled the monorail back to like oh. the Magic Kingdom station. Like they got like they literally got like this tractor i don't it wasn't really a tractor i guess but they pulled it back so everybody could exit so wow. interesting that's crazy yeah. it was um it was quite an adventure but they gave you like a gift card of these fast passes that could be used for anything so that's so hey <laughs> i rode seven dwarfs like six times that day so <laughs> so you're the real winner <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Miss Patty was really neat. <laughs> <laughs> so our very last question and something that we ask all of our guests, and it's if you have a piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into the community, either as a content creator or start creating their own products, what would be your advice to that person? Oh, okay. Well, if you're a content creator, I would say you should start by making friends because I feel like just actually in the business sense too, you should just start making friends because it gets really kind of lonely and you should just do that. It's way more fun. And then you have someone to talk about things with and you, I don't know, you kind of feel like you have a team moving forward. And I think that's most important. Plus if everything fails, you have a friend. Mm -hmm. So that's always good. But yeah. 
if you're starting a business, I would say that you should start with organizing your life and staying really organized from the beginning out, because I think that's the hardest part of running a business is staying organized. Certainly. I think those are both great pieces of advice. The friend, I don't think we've heard either of those, but the friends portion, I know for sure nobody's ever shared before. And I think that's so valuable. Um, and actually Britt and Leo shared something a little bit similar to that uh, from Main Street Press talking about that if you're building those relationships, you kind of all grow together and you always have people that are there sharing your content or sharing your latest product, um, kind of getting that group that's at a similar stage as you, I think is so useful going forward. So I love that. Yeah. I like, I don't know if you've ever met them. Have you met them personally? We have not. They're really cool. That show that I did last summer in Chicago with Dressed in Disney, they were there. And I had talked to them like on social media before. However, they're the people that like other people should inspire to be. Like they're just super friendly. And instead of being like, hi, you know, we're Brit and Leo and we we run Main Street Press. They'd be like, hi, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? I think that's the same thing that um, I know Jenny uh, Cohen from – uh, like the Dapper Day community, and she's the same way. She's very like focused on focused on you and building you up, and that's just how they are, and that's just a, a good kind of people to be. Absolutely. Certainly. So many lessons to be learned there. So, Melissa, we thank you so much for joining us today. Really loved hearing your story and the story of Park Hopper Supply. One last thing, if you can share with our listeners where they can connect with you and the shop. Yeah, so um, if you're a big Etsy shopper, you can find us just by searching Park Hopper Supply on Etsy. Um, if that's too difficult, we also still have a website. It's just parkhoppersupply.com. Um, or you can find us on Instagram, and we're under the name Park Hopper Supply. And, you know, um, I'm heading to the parks. I'll actually be in the parks when this um, podcast is published. So um, if you're in the parks and want to say, hey, I will be there too. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hopefully get some people to meet up with you in the parks and we will share all the links to the shop and to the social media and our show notes as well. So Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a blast chatting with you. Thanks. You too. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Malcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.